Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody. Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, cryptocurrency and hats. The goal is really, I think, to move power to the edges. If you think about how the financial and economic world runs today, it's like these people have all the power and whoever controls money con- controls the world, right? And so the point of crypto is to give that power to the, to the people, Anyone in the world can participate as a stakeholder in these networks and can participate in these governance rules. That leads to a lot more malicious potential where you can have a bad actor or many, many bad actors colluding to try to destroy the system. I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So I know nothing about cryptocurrency nothing but it seems like it's really it really has a chance that this could be one of the things that could be the next big thing our first guest is an expert in cryptocurrency and she has been named one of the most influential people in cryptocurrency this is Preethi Casaretti basically what is cryptocurrency Swimming out, there's a lot of different ways to explain cryptocurrency, but at the very basics, it's a digital currency that is completely managed by a decentralized network of nodes. And so typically when we think about currency, like fiat currency, like the dollar bill that you use on a day-to-day basis, how is that fiat money created, right? It's created by a central entity, which is the government and central banks. With digital currency, these are basically currencies that are created by people like me and you, and they're completely managed by a decentralized network of nodes. I think that for people like myself, when I hear about cryptocurrency, the biggest thing is like, I just don't know what's going on. Yep. Is is that a common thing? Like, does everybody understand this but me, or do very few people really understand this? The reason that cryptocurrency is so hard for people to understand is because you know, you can come into crypto from many different angles. And crypto really touches a lot of different subject areas from economics to finance to computer science to policy and legal philosophy, history, like 
kind of touches a lot of different things. And so it's, it is very this like all encompassing subject. And so when people come into crypto, they try to maybe understand it from the wrong lens. And so they might not have an interest in that lens, but maybe if they look through another lens that might interest them. Where people often fall off is they, they learn a little bit about it and they don't get it, so they give up. It's like, just spend a little bit more time, try to do a little bit more reading. Like if you truly, you know, truly spend, you know, um, however long, like many hours or days or weeks, just dabbling into it. And if you still don't get it after, you know, months of like trying to figure it out, then, you know, go, I'll, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but most people give up too early. When you talk about like coming at it from the wrong angle, is that coming at it from a money standpoint? Like, look, you can't look at this like you look at the U.S. dollar. Is that what you mean by like coming at it from the wrong angle? That it's more of kind of a overall philosophy slash movement? Well, what I mean is, you know, crypto effectively, if you go down to the very bites of it, it's essentially a tool, right? It's it's a primitive, it's a computer science or math or science primitive tool that allows us to do all kinds of things. We have this thing called a blockchain and it's basically a digital decentralized record of um, things that happen in a network. And using that, we can do all sorts of things. And so, for example, some people, they didn't get crypto until DeFi came along. To them, you know, finance makes sense. And for them, decentralized finance, they're like, oh, I get it. Decentralized finance. Okay. So instead of a central bank or a central uh, financial institution, instead of a central institution um, creating all of these financial services that people have access to, we can have someone just write code with all of these financial services and uh, it's decentralized. And so they understood crypto after DeFi came along or um, for example, creators and artists, um, for them, like crypto didn't make sense until NFTs came along, right? And they're like, oh, wow, I get to own my art and distribute my art in a completely decentralized way. There's no middleman. Like, that's cool. What would you say is kind of the overall point or goal of having these different cryptocurrencies? The goal is really, the goal is really, I think, to move power to the edges. And so, before you had um, all of the power slowly getting concentrated amongst these very large um, bureaucratic institutions, whether that's you know the FANG, like Facebook, Apple, Amazon, um, uh, Microsoft, Googles of the world, or um, governments, right? Like they have a lot of power. And if you think about how the financial and economic world runs today, it's like these people have all the power and whoever controls money controls the world. Right. Um, And so the point of crypto is to give that power to the, to the people, to people like you and me and to the edges. And so, because we don't need these centralized institutions to manage a lot of these services, we can kind of, create them from ground up using code and encode them in the blockchain, um, we can almost, you know, remove the need for them, except in certain scenarios. It's not like all centralized entities are going to be unnecessary. But in some cases, we might, we don't need um, them to facilitate that service. And so we give, we encode it in a blockchain, and it runs on its own, and it leaves the, gives the power to the edges. 
the ba- very basic example I think that makes sense is example of like this kind of disintermediating the middleman is like you know if you've ever sent money across the world like you know how painful that is right and you have all of these banks in the middle that do all of this um hopping to get your money from one country to the other it's like with bitcoin or any cryptocurrency now you, you just send one click and go and it's there in 10 minutes and you're like what like you know, we didn't need a bank to do that, right? I didn't need a bank to send money across the world. Um, so that's a very basic example, but you can kind of extrapolate that and see how the same thing is true in other areas as well. Is is kind of the goal behind it? And I know we're talking in very broad, broad terms, yeah. but is the goal behind it to replace the dollar, to replace other currencies, or is it just to be an alternative? Um. That's a good question. And I think time will tell whether it replaces a dollar or whether it serves as a hedge or something else. Um, but I think it really depends on, it only makes sense to replace a system if a system is no longer serving or doing, serving its uh, stakeholders and constituents, right? Um, in, the, in, fiat, in the dollar's case, right now, the dollar in nominal terms, doesn't really have necessarily like hyperinflation, right? Um, there's inflation in other ways, but it doesn't have hyperinflation. But you can imagine a scenario where that does happen, especially with what happened in 2020 and the banks printing all that money and um, just people losing faith in larger organizations and our economy just being weird, right? Like, how is the economy just like, how is there so much money flowing into the economy? Like, there's definitely inflation from like a um assets point of view right um so if we extrapolate you can imagine how the dollar if there's a scenario where there is hyperinflation for the dollar then of course something like cryptocurrency could be a replacement but at the very least it could be a hedge so i know nothing about it and that sounds great is there any concern though that we just replace one master for another Right, because somebody is creating this, and they're ultimately not going to do it for free. Okay, now the banks and and the government doesn't have control, but we now we just got Tom Smith with NFT coin or something like that. Like how how do you keep replacing? How do you keep from replacing one master with another? Well, that's the thing, right? With crypto, there's really no master. Um, it's like you have a team that launches their protocol and sure in the early days they do own um, a big part of the network of the decentralized network so over time the network gets decentralized and the control and ownership of that network gets distributed to the stakeholders which includes the users and various people who are part of the network and helping maintain that network and so there is no such thing as one master Um, instead it's a group of people who are controlling this network collectively. And depending on how much skin in the game you have, you're able to kind of um, uh, have that much impact in the network. And that's why, you know, owning, if you really believe in a network, you can own part of that, part of that network and you can become part of an owner. And now you have a, a real say in what that network could do and what it could become. Um, so that like in the centralized entity, you don't have that. Like, it's not like if you disagree with the Federal Federal Reserve of, of their policies, you have the right to like go up to them and be like, hey, like, I I want to, I, I have, a, I, have a, I, I don't agree with this. Like, you, you, don't, you don't really have that. Like, we don't have a way to 
um, get um, people's inputs and and so forth and 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 decentralize that control with the crypto network again because users own it and govern it as well and you know a lot of these crypto networks it's not just decentralized ownership but it's also decentralized governance so how how the how the network is actually um, maintained what changes are, are happening in the network what upgrades are happening all of that is determined by the stakeholders of the system so there's no one master what's the catch is there a catch the catch is that building something like this is just a lot more resource intensive and a lot more difficult um, because now and when you're building a centralized entity it's a lot faster and a lot easier because you don't have to worry about distributing power across so many nodes with crypto because these are open and decentralized networks you don't really have a choice of who's going to participate in these networks um, anyone in the world can participate as a stakeholder in these networks and can participate in these governance rules that leads to a lot more malicious potential where you can have a bad actor or many many bad actors colluding to try to destroy the system and so that's kind of the catch here is that it sounds good but building these systems is a lot harder than building a centralized system because it's decentralized and now you have to figure out that now that you're giving this power to all these nodes you have to figure out how to avoid um, them abusing that power on like a scale of one to ten one being nobody is ever going to do this thing nobody knows what it is ten we are at dollar level where do you think that like cryptocurrency is right now in terms of being accepted by the mainstream i would say we're 10 percent of the way there wow that's like a one that's like a one or a two right oh wow yeah we're so early um i think i mean none of no one's using crypto on a day-to-day -day basis it's not like it's mostly a hobbyist and speculative asset today and it's just people's imaginations that are driving the prices wild. So like even like the world-class applications that are being built like DeFi and NFTs and all that, like I guess you can say with artists, there's a little bit of um, traction there, but even there it's like you look at the volumes and it's like some of these platforms have hundreds of transactions a week compared to like, I mean, that's nothing, right? So yeah. I just, I think we're so early and it's it's mostly just people's imaginations that are, it's one of those things that it's just like slowly will creep up on us and slowly we'll just see more and more crypto be part of our lives, whether that's very direct or kind of in the foreground, background. Um, and I think it'll be at least another, you know, 10 to 20 years before we start to see crypto being a part of your like daily life. So this may yeah. be a long winded, long winded question, but Grandpappy Vinzant always used to say, buy land because they're not making any more of it, right? The dollar used to be on the gold standard. Is crypto fundamentally based on anything that if the apocalypse comes, I can take this and I can get this thing for it, right? Like, is there fundamentally a backing that could ultimately move this to where to, to take this as far as it could go? Is there something there? Well, what's backing it is, again, the, the, the ledger, the proof, the ledger that says that you own this. Um, and that ledger is maintained 
and has been maintained by miners all around the world who expend it in the in Bitcoin's case, for example, the ledger has been maintained by miners who expended all of this compute power to verify every single transaction that went into that blockchain. So you can argue that it's backed by their compute power. And so it's not backed by anything physical. Like, you know, and so when there, a lot of people get caught up there because they're like, we're just so used to the physical paradigm. We're not used to the idea that something that's purely digital and ones and zeros could be valuable. But if we all decide it's valuable, who's to say it's not? Because at the end of the day, what is money, right? Like, why do we believe a paper, a paper bill, is, a piece of paper is valuable? Because we all collectively believe it's valuable. And so same thing here. It's like if we all collectively believe that we want to consider this ledger to be a source of truth and something that has value, then you can take that to someone else who also believes that same thing. It is kind of interesting how we as a society just decide that this thing is now like, we just, how do we do it? Well, we just decide that we're going to do it. I mean, it's kind of like, yeah, yeah. it's very subjective, like value is subjective, right? It's like, um, why is a piece of NFT that's digital? Like, why is that worth anything? Because we all decide it is. Are you ready for some harder slash listener submitted questions? Sure. What is your biggest fear when it comes to cryptocurrency? That's a good question. Um, A couple of things. One is like regulation, that regulation slows down innovation. And I think you see that a lot. I mean, you're seeing that a lot, right? Like in the US, for example, launching a cryptocurrency app is you just have to jump through a lot of hoops. In India, it's just there's so many developers who want to build crypto applications, but the regulation is just like so unfriendly and so unclear. Um, and so I fear that regulation just like slows down innovation and, and discourages people from getting into the space because they're scared of getting fined or getting, going to jail or getting taxed or whatever. Um, the other thing I fear is like more and more, um, I think one of the things you saw, we sometimes see with crypto is a lot of like cult-like behavior where there's very dogmatic views about one cryptocurrency being better than another. Um, and I think reality is like, I believe in a, a multi-currency world where all of these different currencies just represent different philosophies and different approaches to solving different problems. And so it's not that one is right and one is wrong. It's just that we just have different ways of solving the same problem um, or different problems. And so I worry that all of that dog- dogmatism and, and closed-mindedness will just lead to um, a, a, a ecosystem like of like insular cryptocurrency networks instead of all of these cryptocurrency networks operating and interoperating together. I think crypto is is interesting in the sense that, um, you know, every network is forkable. So if someone doesn't agree with one philosophy or one approach to building a network, they can just fork it and create their own version with better rules. And so because of that, no matter what happens, we'll com- we'll, it, there's a mechanism for the system to evolve into something that is better than what exists today, you know, and that, that's just, that's powerful. If you are a betting person, can you name the exact year that cryptocurrency will become mainstream? Maybe 2030, 2035, 10 to 15 years. Yeah. Do I need to understand cryptocurrency to invest in it 
or to use it? I would say yes. Um, it's just a general philosophy of investing, right? Why would you invest in something you don't understand? It's my, it's your money. And so you're, gonna, you're just going to throw it into something that you have no idea just because other people say it's valuable. So I would say, yeah, you definitely should spend a good amount of time um, figuring out whether you believe in whatever you're investing before you put your money in and also be very careful of how much money you put in because if you're getting into crypto, I think you have to come in with the mindset of like, you're investing however much you're willing to lose. This one just says, what if this actually happens? I guess I think what they mean by that in the sense of like, all right, you talked about earlier how maybe we're 10% of the way, way there. Since we have 90% of the way left to go, like, is there a looming issue? Is there a thing out there that like, oh, wow, we really shouldn't have done this, right? Like, is, is there any worry in your mind that we are creating something that we shouldn't have created? Oh, that's an interesting question. Um, I do think about that sometimes because there's a part of me that like, you know, there's the, the digital internet is great, right? Like it, it's enabled a lot of things like for us to do something like this was never possible before without the internet. But there's also a lot of downsides, right? The internet has just as many dark sides as it has good sides. And so anything digital, anything, any technology can be used for good or bad. And I think, you know, if we're not careful and cautious and, and thinking about how to build these networks, there could be a scenario where we're just not happy with the outcome. Like, for example, even with the internet, right? Chris Dixon talks about this a lot where he says he feels like the algorithmic ad model that we have on the internet was the wrong turn for the internet. It's not the internet that we want, right? Like, is that really like, do we want to live with this forever where people, these big corporations are basically feeding off your information and data and sending you um, um, ads based on everything you say, view, watch? Like, that's just, that sounds like just disgusting, right? Like, is that the internet we want? Um, and so same thing can happen with crypto. Like, we have to um, make sure that whatever we're building is like is long term what we want and creates a net benefit for society and not um, not perverse incent intense in in um, incentives. But that's also the beauty of crypto is that because it has incentives built in from the very beginning, you can kind of figure out that the the incentives of the system and, and make sure that because the only way a crypto system works is if all the stakeholders agree to the rules and they agree to um, participate and govern those rules. And so if any stakeholder of that system is not happy with the rules, then the system doesn't work, right? Like in, in, um, in centralized entities, that's not necessarily the case. Is Elon Musk good or bad? And, and not specifically him. I think you understand, like, in the sense of, like, are people like that? Somebody who can swing the market. Is that good? Is that bad? I think it's it's just is. You know, it just. <laughs> yeah. Well, what it are you going to do is. about it? Yeah, right? like, it just yeah. is. And it's like um, he can control the market because that's how much power he has as an individual. And just I think it's rather than asking whether it's good or bad, it's like try to kind of dig a little bit deeper and try to figure out like, what does this mean? Is there, what do you think, I guess, is kind of like, to me, somebody looking at it from the outside, first there was Bitcoin. Then I heard about Dogecoin. Like what's the next big one in your mind that I'm going to hear about? Um, I'm surprised you haven't heard about Ethereum. 
Okay, that one's a little bit familiar, but the thing is, is that the picture of Dogecoin is what really captured my attention, right? Because I'm like, oh, it's a dog. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the next one will be. That's a good question. So Bitcoin and Dogecoin are probably well known because they're they're basically memes, right? They're memes. Right. Bitcoin yeah. is a meme and Dogecoin is a meme. Um, and that's, you know, one of the things cryptocurrency showed us is the power of memes and how much value memes actually have. And people try to rationalize it, but it's like there's no rational reason for why Dogecoin is valuable. If you're trying to put common sense into Dogecoin, like you've lost already, right? It's 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 just psychology and human behavior and and memetics that explain what Dogecoin is. Is there a specific country that you feel will end up benefiting the most from this? Like in the quest for global dominance, who emerges who emerges victorious? I actually think it's like the smaller nations that will benefit a lot from it because um, you know, they don't have powerful economic centers or currencies but they can if they embrace crypto then they can almost like leapfrog the larger nations and create a digital and decentralized currency um, that's powered by the blockchain and you can see countries like Estonia and Singapore really embracing crypto for example these are very small countries Um, but as a result you're seeing a lot of talent move to these places because they're crypto friendly and so I think in the long run, they can have a competitive edge in terms of just attracting talent and um, doing things ahead of everyone else while like nations like the U.S. kind of fall behind if they don't, you know, catch up. Is, is there a country in your mind that like you guys are screwing this up? Like the way that you are doing this, this policy, this attitude towards this, whether from the government, from the people in charge or from the people like – this is the wrong approach. Um, I think the U.S. is an, is one. Um, India, you know, I'm I'm a little bit disappointed by how India is managing it. I think they'll come around to doing a little bit better job, but yeah. When you before you like invest or before you get involved with a different coin, what do you look at? I look at um, a few things. One is to look at the team. Um, no matter what investment you make, it's really important to really look at the team and what their background is and um, figure out whether they're the right team to build this. Um, second thing is I look at the technology, obviously, figure out like what are they building, what problem what are they solving, are they thinking about the problem in the right way. Um, third thing I look for is token economics. If they have a token to the project, then I'll try to figure out whether they've really thought about how this token is going to be used, whether it, align- it aligns with the interests of the different stakeholders in the system. Um, beyond that, you know, I look at, um, I try to, it depends on the specific use case and the industry. So like, I'll like look at competitors and see if anyone else is doing something like this. I'll try to figure out and extrapolate how big I think this can be. Um, and whether I think like, you know, if you just kind of play out the success scenario, whether this could be something that's like truly, um, truly meaningful and make an impact or whether it's sort of like too small to make a, a good investment for people who want to learn more. How can they, how can they contact you? Like um, what's coming up next for you? That kind of stuff. Sure. So I have a free crypto email course, um, which they can sign up for. The link is on my Twitter as well as on my website. And it's just a sequence of emails that really digs into and teaches you the history of 
um, money, how how central banks manage money, and then it goes into the history of Bitcoin and how it got created. It also teaches you a little bit about Bitcoin. Um, so that course is free for anyone to sign up. And then I'm also going to be launching a my first cohort-based course on Ethereum development. So it'll teach you how to go from knowing if you're a software engineer, it'll teach you how to become an Ethereum developer in seven days. And this is a boot camp type style thing. It'll be a seven day intensive boot camp, um, likely launching either end of August or beginning of September. So I haven't um, opened up applications yet, but I'll be opening up applications sometime in mid July. So um, if you're on my email list, you'll hear about it. I want to thank Preeti so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we have linked to her on our social media accounts. We're profoundly pointless on Twitter and Instagram. And we have also included her information in the episode description. If you really want to get into cryptocurrency, if you want to learn more about it, she teaches some excellent courses that she's made available. Okay. Now let's go ahead and bring in John Shaw. Okay. Do you think that you're going to adapt with the future or that it will pass you by? I will say that I will adapt where needed, but even in terms of like today's technology, I'm already behind to a certain degree because I still read books. If if I didn't have a job that required me to be on my phone constantly, I wouldn't care what kind of phone I had. You know, I just so to I, I don't I don't think it'll pass me by, but how much I partake in it might not be a lot. See, I think that means it's probably going to pass you by because you're not going to do the necessary thing to like keep up with the next thing. And then the next thing comes. And then the next thing that happens to you is you're the guy one finger typing on the keyboard that doesn't <laughs> understand like, wait a minute, where's any key? I can't find any key. Like that's, well, that's what's going to happen to you. I think that's going to happen. What's going to happen to me too. I think we're on that fringe like age. You know, like we weren't born into, uh, you know, like when we were teenagers, it wasn't all about technology. But, you know, like half of my high school class had a cell phone, but not everybody. Yeah, my high school class, some a couple of people still had pagers. Like somebody <laughs> had a pager and you'd had to stop at it. You'd had to stop at a pay phone. Like, oh, man, I'm getting a page. Let's go to the pay phone. But we grew up with the basic language, right? Like we could figure yeah. it out. The reason that I ask this is because our guest is a cryptocurrency expert, and I don't have any clue what that is, like none. <laughs> and I feel like that whole thing, this next wave that's coming, is just going to go right past me. It's going to go right over my head. I, I, I don't get it. It's made up tokens that mine themselves, and if you buy into the mining, you make some money. Like I, I don't know. I have no idea. So, yeah, I think it's just one of those things that for me and you, like unless we devote our lives to it, it's just what it's like. I'm never going to understand. I'm n- I'm never going to understand why restaurant is spelled the way it is. I'm never going to to this day I could not. If somebody demanded my life like I'm going to shoot your kid if you can't spell restaurant, I wouldn't be 100% sure that I could do it. <laughs> I mean, it's not that. Just remember it's the A before the U. That's all you have to remember. But is it that's where I get confused. It's R E S T and then I get lost like wait. Is it A-R-A-U-N-T or R-E-S-T-A-U-R-A-N-T, right? I feel like cryptocurrency is going to be the same thing where somebody says, explain it to me. Um, the, 
the the one the one thing that somebody that kind of knows what they're talking about that I kind of trust in told me that if you don't get on crypto from from the ground floor like you're you're done like we're already years late on most of the cryptocurrency that's out there that's able to be had just like in school man we're gonna be years behind everybody <laughs> gonna well, be the only eighth grader and the only eight-year-old in kindergarten again listen i i wasn't james Schofield, right i wasn't getting moved up two grades at once so. i don't know who that is but did you ever almost get held back no, no. Listen, I, I'm not laughing at, at people who have been held back, but no, I was not one of those people who were was even close to being held back. Though I did have, I did have a very bad speech problem until I was like six that uh, I, I had to get taken care of. But that was about it that I can remember. What do you mean you had to get taken care of? Like your father had to go, like you had to go to the doctor, or somebody had to beat it out of you? <laughs> uh, both, actually. No, I, I had to go see a, a speech therapist. Um, and, uh, you know, whatever it, uh, it got taken care of and I was having what trouble. Was I was actually, I, was I, I couldn't say like, uh, my A's and my R's for whatever reason. So like ambulance, I used to say like ambulance or, you know, like it just, it, it wasn't coming across correctly. So, Oh, my son just got bit by my other son. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> Dude, my, my younger son can chomp like <laughs> that little, but see the older one. The older one pushes him. He takes his toys, and the younger one just goes after him, just like, I, like one, I, like fucking. You mess with the bull, you get the horns, man. I thought it might have been over crypto. I wasn't sure. I don't know, man. They'll probably understand that shit. Can we also? Can we also talk about something else here? <sighs> Earlier today, John, this, we're recording this on July fifth, the legal holiday for Independence Day. Shout out to America. John tried to claim that he went to the beach when he actually went to just a lake. And he's trying to class it up like he went to a beach. I don't think you can call I don't consider it going to the beach unless you are in oceanic salt water. I I mean I don't disagree with that. I think up I think up north uh <laughs> a lake can be a pool, a pool can be a lake, a lake can be an ocean. It doesn't matter uh, up north. I mean no one classifies it, you know. You only have 3 months to just get into the water. I don't care if you're getting into a backyard swimming pool. That's an ocean. You know what I mean? See, but I'm just not going to say like, right. Okay. If you're going to say that, like, this is the beach for the lake, then why can't you say, oh, this is the beach at the river? Like, oh, there's sand on it. You can go down there. It's only the beach if it's an ocean, in my opinion. Listen, my, my question is, would you live in a van down by the river? <laughs> well, how nice of a van is it? Is it? I mean... Dude, you compl- did you that one go over your head? You don't know the. Chris I know Marley? exactly what it is. In a van down by the river. And the problem is, people say that too much. They just like I've heard it too much, and it just like I I tune out, and I just wait for it to be over. <laughs> well, that's because you're not keeping up, baby. Come on. I generally zone out on all movie quotes. If somebody starts to go into something that is a movie quote, my brain just completely shuts down for the next twenty to thirty seconds. And then, like, picks back up when they're done with their movie quote thing. It's like when somebody shows me a YouTube video. Like, I can't. I can't. I don't care about the YouTube video. Don't show it to me. I only care about the ones I find. If you show me one, no matter how funny it is, I can't. Because I have to pretend like I really care about it if I don't. It's just too much effort for me. You know, getting off that topic, I, I this will make you very happy. You specifically. Okay. okay. Nick, Nick used to do this to me when we would go out 
way back in the day where we would walk into a bar and I'm, I'm not a very uh, sophisticated drinker. You know, give me a beer, I'm fine. But Nick would find it funny to order me a glass of wine or something to that that extent, right? Yesterday, on the 4th of July, the wife and I are out back and we're having a couple of drinks. I'm like, you know, she was going inside to grab something. I said, hey, can you grab me a beer, right? She brings me out alcohol with fruit in it. What kind of fruit? Uh, blackberries, blueberries, and strawberries. It was sangria. The blackberry is what ruins it for you. If you would have told me that it was just like blueberries and strawberries, some of your less sophisticated fruit, I would have been completely okay with it. But somebody bought blackberries specifically for that because you don't buy blackberries unless there's a big sale. You happen to be going strawberry picking at a place that has blackberries or you're going to specifically make that kind of a drink. That's just not the kind of a thing that you do. It's too fancy. You should you should you should you should have said something. Did you say <laughs> I, anything? Well, I did say something, but my my immediate reaction was like, are you and Nick like on the same wavelength? Like, I, we're not even out at a you know at a bar or anything. Like, no one finds this funny except for you. And then I sat there and drank it because it was actually delicious. So I'm sure it was, but that's not the point. Also, now that I kind of think about it, I mean, my son was bleeding. I probably should have showed a little bit more concern than I just did. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's probably like, oh, I probably should have done some parenting in that situation instead of besides like, oh yeah, he he did bite you. <laughs> I mean, what what would you what would your dad have done if it was you in that situation? The same thing, right? Same exact thing. <laughs> Pretty much. Just completely ignored me. Like, okay. <laughs> You're bleeding. Well, good luck. You'll be all right. You'll heal up. All right, man. You got your shout out stuff? Are you man, ready? I got... You done talking about your fruity drinks? I well, it's your fault the reason why I'm scarred for life, but yes, let's uh the big thing is, is that clearly she now thinks of you as a man, as the kind of guy who would enjoy it. I'm just telling t- you, man. You got you got the two girls now. Your whole life, you're <laughs> gonna, you're not watching football. You're not watching sports anymore. You're gonna be checking out beauty pageants. You're gonna oh, be yeah. going to tea parties. Like you're 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 done, dude. Coming from the guy who gives me nothing but shit, even though you didn't even start watching sports until what seven years ago now, and you're watching oh. golf on a Sunday. I mean, what's so wrong let me with ask you? you this. What have you ever, are you familiar with uh track and field? Yes. Does, does, does the person who's winning at the 25 meter mark in a hundred meter race get any <laughs> awards or is it all about how you finish? It's uh it's 100% how you finish. Right. Okay. Thank you. All right. Let's, <laughs> let's go to your shout outs then. Oh God. I don't know how that turned around on you being correct, but it is what it is. It's all awful, right. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. All right, here's some shout-outs for everybody. Uh, we'll start with Miguel, appreciate you. Uh, Gabriel Metzger, Grant Smith, Paulo, uh, Naveen, Rose Gian, Anna Johnson, uh, Renjana, uh, Seb, and I'm going to end on Ghost Rider just because I love that handle and I appreciate that person and everyone else who checked us out last week. What are the chances that you got Renjana correct? Uh, I'm I'm going to go 84% on that one. I'm feeling good about that one. You have a spelling? Uh, yeah, R-A-N-J-A-N-A. <laughs> R-A-N-J-A-N-A. That's, just, that's probably phonetic. I would assume that's phonetic. Okay. I, all right. All right. Yeah, I agree with you. That's probably I would go with Renjana, too. All right, my friend. Let's see here. Uh, I don't know why I was watching the thing the other night 
one of the greatest movies ever, especially from its genre. Um, would you rather be stuck? Say, you're going to live, by the way, but would you rather be stuck in a freezer for an hour or a sauna? Remember, I'm you're going to live. You're going to well, live. I, but am I going to live and be completely okay? Or am I going to be like, I'm going to be a vegetable? Uh, we'll say that you'll be okay. I mean, I could probably. <sighs> Cold gets pretty bad, right? Like, oh, man, that's tough. For just an hour? How cold of this? All right, what's the temperature of the sauna? What's the temperature of the freezer? Oh, my God. I need to know, like, how how, uh, how cold are we talking? I mean, let's go. I mean, I don't even know what, what hot is for a sauna. We'll go 145 for the sauna. Well, first of all, you die. That's probably too much. I think a sauna is probably around 110 is what my guess would be. Fine. We'll go We'll, we'll go 107 for the sauna and uh, 25 for the freezer. Oh, I'm taking 107. I'm taking the sauna easy, easily then. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? Yeah, I probably I would probably do the sauna. I need to sweat off some pounds anyway. That's, so. Okay. Well, what if it was 115? I, I, I would probably do the sauna regardless, I would think. Okay, what what temperature though are you gonna take the freezer? You're still gonna live. Probably anything around you know free like twenty nine and up maybe. No, for the sauna, like how how oh. how cold is how hot does the sauna have to get before you're gonna take the freezer? Whatever, like the super red light comes on, like hey, you need to get the f out of here because it's too hot. Whatever degree that is. If it, I could go up, I could go only because I used to live in Phoenix, but I could probably go all the way up until it hit 120. And then I'd be like, mmm, that freezer. <laughs> yeah, that sounded pretty good right about now. Yeah, I feel like heat fits you. I feel like heat hits you faster. Like, ooh, I'm going to feel that faster than I'm going to feel that cold. Like, cold, you could get through the first 15 minutes, not too bad. Like, well, that's pretty cold. <laughs> I mean, I've been outside when it's been the air temp of 28 degrees for multiple hours, and I feel like it's been okay. Hmm. Okay. This is the. This is how it's going to happen, dude. This is a clear sign that the future is going to pass us by because we've reached the stage where we talk about the weather. <laughs> this isn't good, dude. This is not good for us. It, it, it isn't Fuck. good. It, Fuck, dude, I'm going to lose my job at like 60 and not going to be able to get another one. I'm going to be bagging groceries at the fucking grocery store. There's my future right there. I just, oh, God, this is bad. This well, is bad. You're, you're only 12 years away from 60, so. <laughs> Coming up fast, pretty much. <laughs> All right, my, my other question is another theoretical one, and that is, uh, once again, based upon Off the Thing, fantastic movie. If uh, If you had the chance to take yourself out and ends, uh, say, uh, say catastrophic event like you were it, right? Like you were the thing, and you had a chance to to end it right with you, or try to live, but you know, uh, possibly infect you know many others with the possibility of saving yourself. Would you be oh, selfish well, or no? Is my family there? Uh no, no. You're with. We, oh, then with yeah, I'm gonna try to save myself. Yeah, no, I'm the only look and this goes for everybody, whether they admit it or not, unless you're just a naturally heroic person. The only way that I'm ever taking myself out to save somebody else is if it's my direct bloodline family members. Like, I'm sorry if you're my aunt, but I'm not actually blood related to you. Right. Like if you're my dad's brother's wife. Sorry, you're gone. I'm trying to save myself. 
Like that, I, that's the only way that I'm not trying to save myself is if you are a direct blood relative. And I would say that applies for no matter how many people right now are saying like, no, man, I, I would do it. I would say that applies to 99% of the population. Yeah, I would agree with you. I, I want to say like if someone came to me and gave me the prereq of it, like, like you know, you're going to die anyways, but you know, you have a chance to save some people. I might be like, all right, well then maybe we'll pull the plug now, but that'd be it. Well, yeah, I'd, my death would have to be assured. If it was like, look, man, you got this thing. As soon as you get it, it's a hundred percent chance you're dead. You want to try to save these people? Like, yeah, dude. Okay, I'll go ahead and do that. I hope but no alien life forms invade us. What? Like I don't happened. even know what the thing is. I don't even know what it is, honestly. It's an alien it's- life form that tries to emulate the person that it that it becomes. Basically, tries to become that person. Uh, is it a horror movie? It is. Yep. Okay, that's why I haven't watched it. Yeah. At all. A, Wait a, fan- a minute. Is this the thing where like? They find out that basically like the group approaches it and the guy's trying to tell him that the thing is actually the dog and the movie could have been over like in the first five minutes if they just understood his language. Well, well, yeah, that, yeah, that's the opening scene is the where where the thing came from. A dog gets loose from that base and it's going towards the American base on Antarctica and they're trying to kill it, but they don't speak English. So, yes, yeah, so if they just would have killed the dog. There would have been no movie, but it's Hollywood. Man, think about that, that for the one person that understood, like the American person watching, the person in America watching that movie, the one person that understood whatever language that was, the whole movie was ruined for him in the, for, right off the bat. <laughs> I mean, Think sure. about that. Yeah, if you were a bilingual person, there was a good chance. Someone had that conversation in making that movie. Like, wait a minute, this this guy speaking Dutch, if we play this and there's somebody in there who speaks Dutch, I don't even know if Dutch is a language, but if there's somebody in there in Detroit who speaks Dutch, he's going to know exactly what's happening. And they made the decision that, like, no, wait, it's worth it. We're going to take that chance to see what happens. We're going to take that chance with the Dutch. All do, you right, think well, that they spe- do you think that they specifically picked a language that they thought that people wouldn't know in that area? Like, what does nobody speak in America? Um, Finnish. <laughs> I I would imagine that I, I agree with you that they had that conversation. I don't know if they went out of their way to make it that difficult or they just omitted that from the, you know, from the from the plot or from, you know, from the um, the lines of the movie. But even if you played the thing in, let's say, China, what language like you couldn't have the guy speaking American, somebody in or English, somebody would probably speak English and ruin the whole movie. You'd have to pick like Portuguese. Because technically, so this is where it gets weird, and I we don't we don't need to take up a whole lot of time. They made a prequel to the thing, and that's where you found out the majority of the Nordic base and you know where the dog came from. Like the original mm. thing opens up with just these guys in a helicopter sh- trying to shoot and kill this dog. You really don't know what you know, and then the helicopter crashes. Blah blah blah. Mm. Is know. it is it the prequel to the thing? <laughs> uh, no, I not. It's- not that I reckon. What's the prequel to the thing called? The it's just the thing, which makes no sense. So they just made two movies called the thing. Hundred percent. Two thousand eleven, and then uh, obviously the original. I think was eighty four. I think. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, all right. Okay. All right. All right. So hey, so it's kind of funny you brought up the hundred meters earlier because that's uh, that's what I want to get your opinion on here is uh, Shikari Richardson. I don't know if that name rings a bell with you, but uh, American sprinter. 
Uh, she was she won her event, 100, 100 meters. Going to go to the Olympics. She's been disqualified because she tested positive for marijuana. And in the IOC, obviously, you're not allowed to have any of that in your system. And now she can't go to the Olympics. Before you say anything, she smoked it in a state, Oregon, which it's legal to smoke it in. And not that this is a, a, a you know, a well, it is a reason, but her mother had just passed away. And that's what she said she had used to kind of calm her nerves and things was to, to smoke up a little bit. But either way, she got disqualified because she did this in a state that it's legal, but because it's the Olympics and the Olympic Committee and it is not legal, she got disqualified. What to, to me, it seems asinine. Like, and I, I, I was trying to think of, of how to say this and not sound, I don't know, wrong. But like, there's a transgender weightlifter that was a man, is now a woman, and is competing in the Olympics as a woman for New Zealand. And, you know, I mean, that's fine. Do what you need to do, you know. But we're disqualifying, you know, American athletes just because they smoked weed. It just, it seems asinine to me when, you know, obviously Olympic, the Olympics is conforming to the way of, of the world now, right? And, the, and and all the different things. Progressive in one sense, yeah. I see what you're saying. Well, so the different, okay. I have many thoughts on this. One, it's ridiculous, right? Like the idea that marijuana is a dangerous performance-enhancing substance to me. I look, I, I I use weed pretty regularly. I fucking love it, right? I think that we as a society are moving in the direction that it's not going to be illegal anywhere for very long, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't understand it from that standpoint at all. I think that you can make like there are. You know, why was marijuana illegal and alcohol was okay, right? I think that you look back and you do have issues with systemic racism and and having issues where it's not who it's not what somebody was doing, it's it's who was doing it, right? That you can go into kind of the history behind those things all over the place. The difficulty that I have with it is like it is the rules though, right? And yeah, society's okay with it, but society's okay with you walking down the street with a basketball. But you can't do that when you're playing basketball, right? Like, this is the rules, and you knew what the rules were. And even though you have the kind of the juxtaposition of the transgender uh, athlete competing, but that's within the rules. Right, yeah. Rule, and, that, and it's... it's and, and once again, I mean, that wasn't meant to offend anybody. That was just kind of, a, you know, an example of, of the way that the Olympic Committee has kind of, you know conformed or whatever progressively expanded but you know uh, weed is still a banned substance like i just you know to me it's it's it comes from the top i agree with you that you know she knew it was a banned substance even though it is what it is you know it's just weed should she have done it i you know probably not it's a terrible thing that her mother passed away you know i, I mean i i don't know i guess i the, like <sighs> In a perfect world, it's the kind of the thing where like, all right, you're suspended. We're going to change that rule and make it retroactive that this isn't the rule anymore. But it is like there is kind of the at some point, the rules have to be the rules and everybody's always going to have an exception. And then if you make that exception, then somebody's going to try to take advantage of that exception. And sure. I mean, I, I guess I mean, I feel I feel terrible for her, of course. But, you know, she's only 21. 
She'll be at the peak of her physical shape, right? In, in her mid-20s, early 30s. So this won't be her only time to do this, you would think. But, you know, uh, just kind of like what you said earlier, the other part of me is it, it is the rules. Whatever, you know, whatever those rules are. I mean, just because my work says, you know, uh, you know, you can't walk in here with with a beer doesn't mean I can walk in there with a beer and expect not to get disciplined. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, yeah. No, so, I hear what you're saying. But, I think this is a perfect time for me to re- for us rather to revisit my idea about the Olympics in which in the finals of every single event, they have all like, for example, the hundred meters where they have eight people running at one time, they have seven of the best people in the world. And then they just take somebody out of the stands and let them run too. I think that would be the greatest thing in the world is if the Olympics just had one regular person compete in every event, like diving. Think of how awesome diving would be if they just said, all right, here's the Olympic diving champion. And we're also going to have this guy go. Well, I mean, that's they don't. The Olympics would probably entertain that idea if they needed, you know, the, to make the money or to get the ratings. But they don't because people watch the Olympics and there's enough storylines without having me compete in the 400 meter, you know, finals and getting lapped. So awesome. That'd, <laughs> That'd be, be so terrible. Awesome. It'd be so amazing to they watch. They can them. run backwards twice before I would finish first. Well, first of all, the 400 is only one lap around the track, so they wouldn't be able to lap you. Now, they may be able to beat you by a minute or two, but they no, wouldn't they would, actually lap you. They would go they there and back. But they, they wouldn't. Would, they would just be done. They would finish well, the right the once around. Right, now, if it, was the 800, if it was the 800 and they had to go around the, twi- <laughs> the track twice, then yes, they could lap you. Fuck but there would be no point just to f- further humiliate you. I would just really? try to tackle them at that point. I would miss terribly. <laughs> These are professional athletes, dude. They're going to fuck you up. I don't care who it is. I don't care if it is a no. the, the smallest marathon runner. They're still fucking you up. This is a professional no. athlete. It's still fucking you up. If they don't see me. The archery me. guy. The <laughs> archery people are fucking you up. Listen, man, they're, <laughs> they're, well, they're professional athletes. It's going to be interesting. There's a lot of storylines that will be coming up. Hopefully, we'll get to talk about it more, the Olympics. Could you imagine getting shot by an arrow? Uh, <laughs> that's a random th- uh, No, I'm not really. Think about that. Would you rather get shot with a gun or shot with an arrow? Where, I guess I would ask you. Where in my body? Shoulder. Shoulder. Oh. So I'm going to sound really dumb here. Would the arrow have the possibility of going through and through? Or would no, it just get so lodged? Because it has that feather thing. I think the arrow is just going to get stuck there. Yeah, I would probably take the bullet then, hoping that it goes just through and through my shoulder. Yeah, I'd take the bullet too. I'd rather get yeah. shot with a gun than with an arrow. Like yeah. I, like I, I never want to get stabbed. I would rather get shot than stabbed. I think so. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. From my old job as a reporter, I've covered many shootings and many stabbings, and the stabbings are always by far like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of blood. That's <laughs> a lot of blood. Yeah, that's terrible. Okay, all right. Is that all your thing? Are you? Are, is that yeah. the whole thing? Yeah, we're on to. You know, I'm tipping my hat to you. Oh, nicely done. Nicely done. So our top five is top five hats. I did not know there was this many kinds of hats, but it actually put a lot of thought in my brain about what kind of hats are good ones. What's your number five? Uh, I'm going with the top hat. I'm okay with the top hat, right? It didn't make my top five. I could have put it in an honorable mention. My only problem with the top hat is there was always that one kid in high school that was like, I'm going to get the top hat and wear it to prom. And I 
fucking hated that kid. <laughs> I mean, everyone, and and for that kid, everyone didn't like you. <laughs> well, whoever that kid was that's out there listening, I liked you. So, okay, all right, that was my position. Did you? Were you that kid? No, God, no. I just think I think they're awesome, man. They're classic, and uh, yeah, they're just. I think they're cool looking myself. So, you can't do it without a cane, though. You got to have a cane. <laughs> well. Yeah, sure. I that's why I, I would never do it. I, I I I my pimp my pimp game ain't strong enough to have that cane. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we could we you didn't have to tell anybody. We all <laughs> <laughs> you didn't have to you didn't have to say yeah. that. We all already knew. Um my number five is a sombrero. Just a sweet hat, man. It's basically just like the upgraded version of a cowboy hat. It's just better all around and it's generally less expensive too. It's just a better hat. <laughs> I I mean I, I'm fine with it. I just I, it's not on my top five, but I'm fine with it. Yeah, it's it's cooler in terms of temperature because it's got some holes in it. Generally, it shades you more from the sun, sun, and it's less expensive. It's better than a cowboy hat. That's <laughs> the upgraded version of a of a cowboy hat. Is what it is. What's your number four, uh, <laughs> a Santa hat. Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and stop this list right now because that's a ridiculous statement right now. You can only the only time you would ever wear a Santa hat is for Christmas. So this is obviously a personal well, choice. Here comes story time. No, no, I I will just say that I I have gotten to wear it at several occasions uh, that necessarily wasn't Christmas, and, and probably the best one was when me and some friends dressed up as Santa Claus. And went to a Lions game in early December, mm-hmm. thinking everybody else was going to be there dressed up as Santas, and we were literally the only Santas there. Well, what time of the year? I mean, obviously it was in. Was it at least in December? Yeah, it was the first week, maybe like December. Well, no, dude, six, seven, eight, nine, tenth. No, you got to wait until at least to a week out to, to go ahead and oh. pull that move. That's a rookie mistake. That's was- still basically you would have been better off dressed up as a turkey going the first right at the first after, the first game after Thanksgiving. You should have gone turkey. Listen, that was fun. It was good times. Uh, you know, whatever we can put a no- novelty hats then whatever you want to call a Santa hat, but specifically a Santa hat. I don't like my number four, but I feel like it's strong enough to be up there. Okay. I'm not this kind of person, but a visor. <laughs> I know. Dude. I don't like it. I don't like, I'm not, I could never be a visor person, but it's not, a, it's not an awful, it's not an awful looking hat. Yeah. I mean, I, whatever. That's what I, that's all I got for you. Whatever. You know, it is what it is. Okay. All right. Which number. My number three is a cowboy hat. All right. That to me seems the appropriate place for a cowboy hat, honestly. Right. I mean, number one's pretty obvious. I think that that, that nobody's really going to go against that. Okay. Um, but that's, that's the appropriate place. I could, I could, if we had a different upbringing, the cowboy hat would probably be a little bit higher, but the, the, we were not raised in that environment. So yeah. I, that's, that to me seems like an appropriate place for a cowboy hat. All right. What's your number three? The beanie good utility right i like you and i both live in a place that can get cold we get a decent amount of snow there's mountains like a so, beanie's a pretty 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 well worthwhile that, hat that's my number two that's your number two that's my uh number two. my number two i'm gonna go out a little limb i was looking at some hats i didn't think about this hat and then i saw it and then i was like "Ooh, that's a dope hat and it's generally it's not so much the hat itself it's the person who's wearing it that's a panama hat panama Always gen- 
always think of, think about like the drug dealers in uh okay. think about like the think about like those used to have so, those doseki commercials about like the most interesting man in the world like that's a panama right. hat wearing guy so it's like a kind of like a central america south american like the white with like a a dark colored sash or something around it yeah kind of like that area around panama which is why they call it a panama hat <laughs> right i was i was just getting some <laughs> reference there yeah. um, Okay, I mean that's that's good, man. Well, I, I've seen you have plenty of them, so I guess we know what you do in your, you know, your spare time. I I do not personally own a single hat. Well, that's because you have a great head of hair. Well, I look like an idiot with a hat on. I specifically look like a moron with with a hat on. I really do. Some would say it's not just the the hat that does that. But... It's the overall shape of my head. <laughs> People see me with a hat on, they're like, oh. Yeah, you uh, shouldn't wear hats. So our number one's pretty unanimous, right? The Fez. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say Fedora, and I was gonna just walk away. Um, okay, no, I mean, I mean, yeah, a baseball cap, right? It has to be. It has to be. It's just the utility of it, right? But I then how does he? Okay, we'd have to hear from our international listeners about that. Is the baseball cap as prevalent in other countries? Yeah, I, I can't. I can't. I, I would say yes, just because of what you said. It's very, I mean, it's, it's versatile, right? I mean, women can get it, you know, or wear it. Men can wear it fitted, or they can have the open backs. You know, they make hats for ponytails for men or women. I mean, what do you generally get in your hat? Do you get the hat with the open back thing with like the little like that you clip <laughs> together? Or do you get like the closed back thing? Yeah, man, I'm, I'm a fitted guy 100%. I actually just bought my first like non-fitted hat uh got at what a month ago so okay how many hats do you have probably less than 25 what <laughs> so i don't I, own a single hat and i honestly thought like what the, the most ridiculous number of hats i would think to own is 5 so like my your head your head doesn't change right your the, the size of your head doesn't change very much so i mean if you keep a hat clean, it can last forever. That just seems like a ridiculous number. But you have then, so why would you continue to buy more? Uh, I mean, for whatever. I mean, for whatever reason. I mean, I, I have most of my hats are, are baseball related. Um, you know, I, I probably have a dozen Tigers hats from different eras wow. and, and different different designs, and then. You know, I have some other like I have a Seattle Mariners hat from the mid '90s. That logo. I mean, man, you legitimately have. If I were to add up all my pairs of underwear and socks, you have more hats <laughs> than I have pairs of underwear and socks. That sounds like straight a up. That's a hundred percent. Well, I go commando, so I don't really need a lot of underwear, but I do <laughs> go through some socks. Yeah, I will. I would honestly, I'm going to make this statement. I'm going to make this statement right now that you have more hats than I have pairs of socks, t-shirts, and shorts combined. Wow. Well, that's like I said, that sounds like a you problem at that point. You don't yeah. have more that you don't have more than like 10 t-shirts. I have um, four like general t-shirts, right? Like I'm going to go to the park with my kids kind of t-shirts. And then I bought like a six pack of these kind of workout, those dry fitty shirts. 
And then oh, the I ones just you would always those. make fun of me about when I we yeah, this but I'm not, years I'm not ago. buying Under Armour stuff from The Rock that's forty dollars. I go in and bought the stuff no. that's like three bucks. So basically, my entire wardrobe is wearing a blue shirt, a blue shirt, a gray shirt, a gray shirt, a black shirt, a black shirt. That's well, what. That's all I wear. You sound very, you know that that is you. That is Nick Vinzant to the key, to the to the soul right there. Sim- simplicity. I'm a utility guy. Okay, I'm going to list, instead of doing honorable mention, I'm just going to go through the list of hats. You tell me yes, no, never heard of it. Okay. An ascot. Yes. Akubra. Australian. It's basically an Australian cowboy hat. Do you know what that is? (laughs) I don't even know what you just said, so I'm going to say never heard of it. A balaclava. A baklava? A balaclava. A balaclava. Oh, that got more popular during uh, people would basically. It's the thing that you just you just pull up over your head. It basically, yeah. It's, it's a How about mask. you just skip oh, the things mask. that you can't pronounce? But yeah, I'm gonna I'll say yeah. There. Oh, a beret. Mm, I'm gonna say no, but I don't want to say I, I. I'm just gonna stay mom because I don't want to offend anyone who served. But uh, oh, I, that's right. Yeah, but I'm just going to say no. It's not generally a great type of hat, but in that capacity, it becomes a cool hat. A uh, boater hat? Yes. Bowler. Uh, uh, the b- bowler hat is like it has like the rounded edges, right? At the like, yeah, like that's a the Charlie thing from a clock- kind of hat, right? Clockwork orange is what I was thinking. Yeah, I'm going to say no on those. I don't mind the hat itself, but it's kind of a cool, like I wouldn't particularly wear it or be friends with people who would, would wear it, but I don't <laughs> mind the hat itself. A bucket hat, fishing hat, basically. No, hundred percent. No. Yeah. No, that's a hard no. Because on one. Fred Durst used to wear those from Limp Biscuit, and I hated it. That's all you got to say. Ruined it. Uh, a, a copy tone. It's basically what you think. What, think about the leprechaun, what the leprechaun is wearing. Would you wear <laughs> that kind of hat? Uh, yeah, yes, I guess so. Uh, that's a hard no for me. Uh, the cyclist hat, the bike hat, it's actually called a casquette. Uh, no. Ear stalker, like Sherlock Holmes would wear. Uh, yeah, why not? Dunce cap? <laughs> no. Dora. Uh, yeah. Nah, not really. Not my style. No, I don't have that. I don't have the coolness to wear that. A Fez, also Indiana Jones. <laughs> uh, no. Nope. I'm good. Flat cap, also called a newsboy cap. Uh, I'm not entirely sure what that is, so I'll say no. Um, How about a Montera, which is the kind of hat that bullfighters wear in Spain? 100%. But it's not something I would ever want to do. Peaked cap, like military commanders wear. Once again, I'm going to say no, and uh, I don't want to offend any of our military listeners, but just a no. It's a cool hat for them. It's not a kind of cool hat that you can wear like everyday hat. Uh, yeah. Pork pie hat. I, I don't know what a pork pie hat is. I can describe it to you, honestly. It's not that great. <laughs> okay. Um, a sun hat. Women, that's, a, that's like more women than men. Men generally do not wear sun hat. I'll say, yeah, why not? Love it. Trucker hat. 100% no. Yeah, people ruined that. It may have been a good hat, but people people ruined it. It's ruined it. Right there. Wizard hat. Ooh, that's a good one, man. That's a dope-ass hat. I mean, I would never wear that. 
It's basically the only reason you're wearing that hat is if you're a wizard or in the KKK. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's gonna have to be a top five, man. Top five wizards. Oh yeah, we could. No, that's a good one too. But like fictional um, wizards, not like you know, whatever. The only the only other one that I could think of that I didn't see immediately was a Kango, which is what Samuel L. Jackson wears. Not the kind of hat that I could wear, but it, I mean, he he may, he pulls that off. Yeah, it's kind of like being bald, right? Like, Bruce Willis does it well. I think it's the same thing with, like, a Kangol hat. Like, you have to be able to wear it well. Yeah, to you got to wear that right. Yeah, uh, a trapper, which is that thing where, like, it's it's like a beanie, but then it goes, think of uh, John Candy. <laughs> and, like, Uncle Buck. Oh, yeah, dude, like, like, a, like a, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Um. No, but just because I get so hot in the winter anyways when I'm outside like doing stuff that it would just it just would get all sweaty and nasty. So too much hat for you. Too much hat and too much body mass on the other end. Mm. Okay, that's gonna go ahead and do it for this episode of Profoundly Pointless. I wanna thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. I, I mean, everybody, I think, from the very beginning knew that the baseball hat was going to be number one. Some people could have made, like, if you grew up in a certain place, you could make an argument for a cowboy hat here in the United States. But let us let us know what you guys think or some of the other, some of the hats that you think should be in that top five and maybe could make a run at that number one spot hat here in the United States. But let us let us know what you guys think or some of the other some of the hats that you think should be in that top five and maybe could make a run at that number one spot. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.